Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shah. This is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I am so excited to celebrate with you today, my friend, Tara All, and the co-author, well, she wrote a book with somebody that I'm going to get to know today here, Ashwin Sabram. Anyan. And I'm really excited to talk to the two of them about astrology by moonlight. And I love how this book I feel is presenting new ideas about the relationship between the moon phases and the planets. Now, Tara is actually going to be teaching a class on this at Synchronicity University for the March 2022 speaker series. And alongside some other brilliant astrologers, just know that if you sign up before the end of February 2022, you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class. And you're about to learn the caliber of speaker we have here is truly phenomenal. And so I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, Tara and Ashwin. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. We're super excited, too. Thanks very much for having us. So here is the book, Astrology by Moonlight. I love that I got this book, and I want to let you guys know that this is actually published by Llewellyn Books, which is a very prestigious publisher. So that alone makes those of us who write books go, ooh, there's got to be something here. And there really is. It's been such a wonderful read to explore how the phases of the moon connect with the planets. So, but first, look, let's take it a step back. How did the two of you meet? Um. Uh, Ashwin, you, you yeah, no, no, you found me. You should tell them how you found me. Okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I think we all have to thank Smiljana Gavrankic from Serbia, uh, who used to, I mean, who still publishes the wonderful Infinity Astrological Magazine. Um, and uh, uh, I read one of Tara's uh, article on tarot. I don't even know how this moon thing came up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I think we did a podcast together and uh, that's where the idea of something like this came up. So, and uh, we initially, uh, and this was, uh, you know, I think this Tara article was in 2017 or something and I got in touch with Tara in 2018. So it was probably one year later. So, and Ashwin, you were, yeah. you were, you um... were, you know, you being a Vedic traditional Indian astrologer, you reached out to me as an evolutionary astrologer to talk about what some of the yes. similarities might be. And so that's kind of what started our conversation. And we just, yeah. and I think we started talking about the moon and you brought up how the moon is mined in Vedic astrology. Yeah. And then we just started to riff on that. And I think we just had this yes. sort of, I don't know, big brain or heart storm about the moon and I don't um, even even know how we decided, but we wrote an article. Like we see the the the, the beauty of the see. I, I don't want to kind of brag about this, but the beauty of the <laughs> collaboration is probably the uh, uh, moon is mined in Vedic astrology, but uh, Mercury is mined in uh, Western astrology, and a Western astrologer and a Vedic astrologer would probably end up arguing and. They might separate, but we found a way to kind of bridge both. I think we wrote an article uh, by early 2019 or probably late 2018. I don't remember exactly. Uh, and we wanted to pitch it to uh, the Mountain Astrologer. Uh, and uh, we sent a copy of the article to Frank Clifford. Uh, I think Frank Clifford kind we of really Frank. liked the article. 
Yeah. 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 Everyone loves Frank. Here's the thing. Once, once you have it set up and I should start by saying this, first of all, I mean, we all know that, right. The moon phases, I mean, this work really, um, is jumping on the skeleton of Dane Rudyard's work with the, the lunation cycle, right? So that really the, those ideas. And in evolutionary astrology, we work with planetary phases. So that's not an uncommon thing to work at the phases between the planets. What I'm not aware of someone doing is putting out particular material that takes the moon kind of as the home planet and looks at it and its relationships with each of the other planets. And I think it's interesting. We, we talk about it's funny that it came out with the book with words because the moon is such a heart I know we say mind, but it's such a heart-centered part of us. And oh. so we wanted to look at kind of that most personal, I don't know, that, that person, most personal separate sense of self that's kind of wrapped up in that moon, which has all the emotional memories, right? It holds all of our lineage, holds some people, p- people say we go back to our moon between lifetimes. That's what holds the memories of lifetimes. So we wanted to sort of look at what that felt like in relation to other planets. But once we'd sort of done the article with moon and Mercury, we kind of had a flow. And so when Ashwin said that should make a great first chapter, I was like, heck yeah. I mean, that we've already done one. So, you know, let's just map them all out. And the Ashwin pointed, he talked about this, but it's, it's worth for me to mention again, I learned so much about myself and about astrology because the way we did it and the way he approaches it and the way we talked about it, and even with the language differences made, I think us both have to stop and rethink about things. What I mean by that is if someone says something different and you have to sort of reposition that and restretch, you come to a new understanding. And I feel like that in part is what made us excited about the project. So it was much less of a sort of, I don't know, competing between East and West. It was much more of a, what happens like when two people who just love astrology and I think we both love philosophy too so that like definitely carries into our book but yeah it's like it's like the archetypes in some ways came alive in new ways and like Ashwin says it he's I think you put it in the book in the forward or something you put you know when the book came forward to be written we could only say yes it was almost like I don't know some sort of divine here it is. I mean, you don't say no when you know <laughs> when, when the universe says, "Here's a wonderful thing for you to do." <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny that people say that fate doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I, you know, for me, it's quite. Uh, it's it, it was a great learning curve, and a, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was eye opening at many levels because I uh, I was earlier. I mean, I, I always studied Vedic astrology and then I, I was immediately exposed to traditional Western astrology uh, through Chris Brennan's podcast and Ben Dyke's work. And I was always concentrating on those, still doing those. But I think the collaboration that we had uh, threw me away to other dimensions that I would have never reached. So, yeah. uh, like... Uh, you know, I started studying Stephen Forrest and uh, until then I never read any modern Western astrology. The only book, uh, and Tara probably gave me those books. Uh, oh, I did bring to them the conference. Yes. So, yeah, so Alan Oaken's Complete Astrology, that was the first modern uh, esoteric astrology book that I ever read. And it was in 2019. So you can imagine my exposure. Uh, so, but before that, uh, I, I I kind of tried to use outer planets when I was doing mundane work using Vedic astrology, but not in the way that 
uh, evolutionary astrologers do so and then i started working with uh, uh, not working with but just following this ea zoom meetings wonderful oh. uh, facebook platform mm-hmm. ea zoom meetings where i met some wonderful astrologers uh, maybe i can mention a few but it's okay so <laughs> but, you know it's so interesting how we really are part of a a family right of course i was mentioning before we started recording me and my cancer rising uh, moon in the 6th house to me i feel like this is family and it's it's interesting how sometimes even within families right you're kind of talking about something somewhat similar but trying to find yourselves on the same page it can be a little challenging but you guys were able to do it in terms of finding this meeting place between uh vedic or eastern astrology and western mm-hmm. astrology and you found a way to enrich your own practices as a result of communicating about your practice with the other and i think that really does show up in the book now tara you said something interesting you said the archetypes came alive in new ways can you guys talk about that what does that mean to you that the archetypes came alive in new ways well when i'm looking at the moon, so for example i'm looking at my little sheet here like let's say if we look at moon in relationship with mars like your moon mars phase you're born under one way we looked at that is the moon being how we react or reaction the mars being how we act or action more uh more assertive than just reacting to what's happening when you start to think about those types of dynamics how the different archetypes are feel different right like even that little nuance difference between what's the difference between reaction and action cuz reaction's still an action right you know you, you see what i'm saying you get in this sort of space of but what's the what's the little subtle difference here what's how does that feel different and and so i think when i say archetypes came alive that's part of it when we were writing and one thing that we did in the writing is that we we split it up in different ways meaning some of the chapters we each did half some of some we each took a whole chapter um we we made sure to kind of mix that up but when i went and read the examples for like my own phases of the parts that ashwin wrote it i mean i maybe i wouldn't have said it that way or looked at it that way but when i read it and actually received it i was like oh my gosh i really feel that and then that for example if that was if that was my moon saturn again a whole new relationship of what does moon actually mean for me how does it show up for me what does it mean when it's working with saturn what is you know these whole pieces so that's the whole the whole idea of this whole thing is because there's not material at least that i'm aware of there, yeah. i mean there's things somewhere at least because there there wasn't some book we could pull out to reference for example what the moon mars gibbous phase is like right mm. so in in many ways you know we were using our our own charts our own experience people in our lives are you know clients that we'd work with that type of thing but there wasn't a reference point right so that's why i always say to people that, that this book is really more about inspiring people to think to think broader and look more it's not about giving answers it's about what if you what if you open the field this way so one of the cool things for us is there was less room to like have any yeah. kind of co- conflict because we're just on a uncharted territory together going on a like if if you know it'd be like we went to a country neither one of us had been to well you know <laughs> no but no nobody's going to have such a big attachment to anything because we're both just trying to figure the what the heck out is like you know what do we eat in this place we've never been so yeah 
And when you get that back to beginner's mind, as you guys both know, I mean, everybody knows this, get back to beginner's mind. Oftentimes that's when you make the more, um, the, 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 the best connection with what actually is true. When you back off everything you think, you know, and all of a sudden you're back with a curious mind, you say, Oh my gosh, like I would have never used that word for the moon. And I've been practicing astrology now for a decade. Right. It's like, those kind of moments. Does that answer? Is that, I mean, that's at least for yeah. me. I get very excited about it because it was just, of course, I can see your enthusiasm. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you think about that, Ashwin? How do you feel that you were able to explore these archetypes in new ways in terms of what you present in this book, which really is different than what I have come across. And I've been a full-time astrologer for Ooh, a while now, 15 and a half years. I've been a student of astrology for ooh, almost, I think it's like over 30 years now. So I'm dating myself a little bit, but that's okay. Um, I started out as a professional palm reader some 32 years ago, if you can believe it, as a child. And so, yes, I've come across a lot of wisdom over the years, but this really is something very special, quite unique. And so uh, Ashwin, how do you feel that you were able to tap into a new understanding of these archetypes? Uh, see, uh, I think, see, as Tara rightly said, we did not have any reference material. So uh, we we had to kind of rely upon our charts as well uh, to see how things uh, correlate. And uh, uh, one more important thing is like, uh, uh, I, I kind of tried to... Uh, analyze some of the charts that I know, I mean, those people who are close to me and whose life I'm kind of uh, aware about. So I tried to think about their chart and I had a conversation with a few people uh, about how they they kind of went about those periods of life from a psychological point of view. Uh, because at a literal manifestation, it's fine. It's okay, but that's more predictive. But uh, uh, we, we, we kind of... Uh, dig deep into the psychological and evolutionary area to kind of present different colors of the moon. I think moon is the most personal planet and uh, and and it has various uh, colors and flavors. So depending upon various situations, it kind of expresses itself. And it is always, uh, I mean, moon is void when it's when it's alone and when it is not having any aspect with any other planet. So that's what we call as void of course moon. Mm -hmm. So, but moon needs colors. So moon is, uh, moon cannot be colorless. So when moon has some kind of relationship with various planets, it kind of changes colors and uh, we kind of express. Uh, I don't want to uh, make it very, uh, cause and effect, but uh, uh, the idea yeah. is like when, uh, as Tara mentioned about Moon, I'll take the same thing, Moon and Mars. Um, there are various dimensions of Moon and Mars. So it's it's really hard for us to kind of uh, put both Moon and Mars relationship in a, in one bottle. Mm -hmm. So, um, so uh, and when I was writing uh, Moon and Venus, uh, I have this Moon-Venus opposition. So I kind of put myself, uh, and I, I had various. Uh, I entered into various thought process, and and kind of tried to decode uh, how I kind of uh, evolved as a human being in terms of accepting uh, relationships. Because it's, <laughs> uh, I've never had much disagreements in my life. So I think the 
this moon venus opposition kind of helps me to kind of have no disagreements i've never had any disagreements mm. in my life that uh, mm. so uh, i just kind of don't say anything if, if a person is quite aggressive or something like that so i just leave it there without arguing or something like that i just leave it there so there is no disagreement uh, and i try to manage uh, myself so far like that so i think that's one of the most important things to uh that was i don't know if i even mentioned this in my book uh, in our book but but the point is like um uh it's it's important to kind of you mentioned that it's different the book is different but the book is pretty much our own charts so it's it's not quite different if if we actually look at it from a hindsight it's not quite different it's what's there in our charts uh everyone has some kind of a moon venus relationship yeah so and yeah. our moon mars relationship we just have to understand what kind of uh, how we kind of react at different situations i think i also uh, spoke about this example somewhere else like uh, uh, mars can be a protector but also an aggressor or an attacker <laughs> yes uh, yes so uh, uh, i mean uh, when moon and mars uh, come together uh, uh, like let's say a father has a daughter so he is kind of super protective but at the same time he can attack or even get defensive for the sake of his daughter to protect her own cause so uh, we already see two flavors of uh, the moon mars relationship so you, you can imagine what a uh, uh, moon mars crescent uh, phase or what a moon mars uh, gibbous phase could do so just mentioning one or two so yeah. so that's where moon kind of uh, changes its flavors based upon its relationship with mm. various planets yeah. and we kind of exhibit uh, differently uh, based upon our charts or whatever it may be so But, uh, the situation we, we haven't you haven't said it this way before i love it cuz you didn't say it exactly like this and correct me if i'm wrong but what i heard you just say is that it's like if it was like i don't know a color palette of paint or if we were yeah. in ice or if we were in an ice cream shop we now have new flavors and colors for the moon like and i yeah. think it's really true and i also am glad you brought up the point that the cool thing about phases is that everybody has phases just like you were saying right there's not one chapter in this book that doesn't apply to you because it's not yeah. aspects right not everyone has right a pluto venus aspect but everybody has you know everybody has a pluto venus phase everybody has a moon mars phase everyone has a moon venus you know all of them i'm saying no one is lacking in the phase department so that's one area where you can you know there i, I guess and that makes sense too because there's something about the um inclusivity of it mm-hmm. right and 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 i feel like with the moon's yeah. about belonging right and it's about everyday people the book the book granted the phases gets a little bit more complicated right and you can't just simply um you know most programs aren't set to run the phase for you so you have to do a little work at it but ultimately i feel like it is meant it's for everybody it's right and it applies yeah, to sure, everybody sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, i just regret that i didn't think of it before i just thought of this color palette now uh, spontaneously yeah. because i am a very spontaneous person and i don't have any notes or paper with me so uh, it's it's more of a uh, spontaneous thinking but see one thing we can assure the readers is that this book will never be outdated so uh, because uh, as tara mentioned yeah. the faces faces are always existing either in your progressed secondary progress chart yes. or through yes. transits 
so it's it's always there so uh, uh, i'm not sure uh, uh, i don't follow the tropical zodiac i use the sidereal zodiac but uh, even in tropical zodiac if you just use the uh, if you just use the transits and see uh, how moon applies to different planets or uh, or just follow one particular planet's relationship with moon over a period of time mm-hmm. i think it's it becomes more easier to understand how uh, uh, everything works because uh many people don't believe in transits but i think uh, uh robert hand mentioned in astrology podcast that every transit uh plays uh deeply at a psychological level not necessarily in terms of manifesting events mm-hmm. but from a psychological level when saturn opposes mars uh there yeah. is surely some heaviness or burden <laughs> that that we are carrying so and i've been carrying that burden since 2019 june <laughs> since la- so but, <laughs> and that's when i first got tired and still i'm feeling tired so <laughs> yeah. so yeah. the the effect so, i mean it's just funny nothing serious but uh, you know that's that's the level of uh, uh, you know the, that's where i felt that um, you know i i'm crossing the i'm just touching the 30s so we we all kind of uh, end up feeling aged at some some point of time i mean from 10 20 or 30 so and that jupiter sorry uh, mars saturn uh, opposition kind of uh, uh, gave me this thought that oh shit i'm 30 <laughs> so and as someone who's uh, <laughs> somebody who's almost 50 i'm just like you just wait yeah. you just wait <laughs> yeah. and so In this class cuz Tara is actually going to be teaching a class on this book mm-hmm. at Synchronicity University once again you guys if you sign up before the end of February you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class and Tara is one of the brilliant speakers who'll be joining us so what can people expect to learn in the class will you specifically be talking about how to understand phases because yes. as you guys were discussing it's yeah. different it's not aspects we're looking at Correct. this is phases just like the moon like when we think about the full moon when we think yes. about the new moon um the quarter moon it's it's like that but you're doing it differently in that it's not the relationship between the sun and the moon it's each planet has a relationship each planet is either uh having a full moon moment with the moon or having a quarter moment with the moon in your birth chart or with any other planet or body right yeah. but but yeah so but the, e- the easiest way i mean and you know like in a class you can only get so far but we're going to talk about the eight basic moon phases right or the solar lunar phases because once you learn those the relationship between the sun and the moon the, the archetypes of those phases applies to every other two bodies you put together so once you have a good understanding for example of what crescent phase is waxing crescent you can then just apply that to whatever two planetary bodies you're working with. So we first will spend time just what are those basic sun moon or what we typically just call moon phases. And then what we'll do is we'll spend a little time looking at the moon with each other planet and kind of how they interact together and what that whole cycle looks like. And then basically you have to synthesize the two together, right? So for example, if let's be very it's it's easy. Let's just say new moon, right? New moon is always about initiating something new. right it's spontaneous new moon phase uh it um it links with aries energy so anything you know about the aries archetype when new moon has that it's spontaneous it's instinctual right it's like you just it's like 
you know in your gut what to do, even though you can't see what's happening outside, just like a new moon, right? You can barely see it. You take that energy and apply it, let's say, to the moon and Mars together. And Ashton was talking before what we can talk about either the moon being reaction and Mars being action and how to bridge them, or maybe a more easy one is to say moon is about belonging and Mars is about breaking out and doing whatever the hell you want to do on your own. So now you take new phase. I want to initiate something new. And you think about your moon and Mars, if you're born with, with a moon, Mars, new phase, those two planets and, and the area that they're trying to bridge or work out together is a new experience for you. Any new phase you have, is means it's brand new. Mark Jones does a great job of talking about um, phases this way. He says, new phases is like two people sit down on the couch together for the first time. Imagine what that experience is like versus at the end of the whole cycle, you've been on the couch together for 80 years and you know, you've been around the block. But, it's, but that's the thing, right? Everything, you can think about a garden. A seed is planted, right? It's going to grow. Eventually, if it turns into you know, a full plant or a tree, it's going to either blossom or have fruit, and then it's going to wind down. Everything's that way. Everything cycles. So we just take those concepts and apply them into a little bit more complicated, I guess, concepts, which is looking at how the parts of me or you, how those parts are working together. And it gets super fun. Like for me, like if you think about moon, we talk about it. Um, Certainly the sun represents ego in many ways too, but in evolutionary astrology, we, we, we give that mostly to the moon because it's such a personal separate experience. But so if you take, for example, that moon, and then you put it with Pluto, which is completely about the soul deeper level, think about that. How is my ego versus my soul working together? How am I bridging those two parts of myself? Is Am I in a brand new cycle with that? Have I been am I halfway and I'm super aware and it's full, you know, and it's, and it's a, and it's a full phase for me. So some of the things I think it's fun to think about, like the moon, we talk about it being bound, right? It like, it's like, it's the moon. It's like, it likes to be in a body, likes to be comfortable, likes to have its, you know, little, I don't know, routines and rhythms, right? Put it with Uranus completely unbound, right? Think about those two parts of yourself. Where are you at in bridging that process? And again, it's super different depending on where you are. And so you can you can kind of see even by, based on me seeing, saying this, how those different colors and flavors Ashwin talked about how they pop out. Yeah. And you it's, realize pretty think, quickly too, like what does my moon want? And who's in charge, yeah. right? Like is the is my yeah. moon is my moon trying to run the show or is it Neptune now and me trying to, you know, who's no, I think that, that that's one of the most <laughs> important things that you mentioned. Moon is always about what I want. It's not even need, but want. So yeah. moon is so selfish yes. uh, in terms of what it needs. And it, it kind of goes yeah. to any extent. Kind of we, don't, we don't mean selfish in a bad way, just simply. Yes, yes, yes. Moon is self-interested. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So self-centric. I mean, the, yeah. ev I mean, everyone, everyone's moon is kind of, uh, it, it's, uh, it's kind of self-centric in their own way because everyone reaches out for what they want and moon kind of drives them to do that. <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, you were in full flow and uh, you already kind of kick-started a class or something like that. It was wonderful. 
Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, I know I'm really looking forward to your class. And just as you were talking, I started thinking about my chart differently. Like, oh yeah, my moon is in like first quarter with my Pluto. And I just started thinking about the relationship. And it it's like taking a leap forward from just aspects. It's moving beyond aspects yeah. to really understand yeah. how those energies are being lived through us. And I think it just sounds so fascinating and so different. And that's part of what I love about it is that I haven't really come across these ideas before looking at the phases between the moon and all the different planets. And like it was said, all the different planets are here. So you get to go through all the major planets that are looked at in astrology, yeah. right to Pluto, as Tara yeah. mentioned, Pluto, and you get to learn something new and see your moon differently and your Pluto differently as well as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for being here. Thank you for talking about your amazing book, Astrology by Moonlight. Have a look at that. I'll, I'll put the image up somewhere so that the light doesn't get to it. But look, I've loved reading this book. I've loved talking to you guys. Tara, I'm really looking forward to your class with the March 2022 speaker series at Synchronicity University. You guys, I will link to more information below. Ashwin, it was so nice getting to know you as well. Thank you thank both you. for being here. Thanks for having us. It was great. Um, we don't get that many opportunities with the East West thing to all be here. So this is a sure. rare treat. Yeah. And Nadia, we're, we're both super excited. It's with you. So thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank thanks. you so thanks much. Thanks very much. It was wonderful. Oh, it was so much fun. And I'm so happy that this information gets to be out there. It's almost like, I got to say, because I do have an Aquarius son, I love stuff that's different. I love stuff that's like revolutionary or new or just presenting things in a way that maybe not a lot of people are familiar with and really doing things in a new way. I think it's like contributing to our descendants as part of, and I started off when we started talking, I started talking about how we are a family, right? As astrologers, we are connected. And I do believe that we as astrologers, we are connected to all of the people who ever practiced astrology, all of the astrologers who contributed to this practice are our ancestors. And so when you do something different like this book, it really becomes a wonderful contribution to our descendants, the future astrologers. So just congratulations to you both on that. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you again. And thank you everybody out there for watching. And until we connect again, take care. Bye. <laughs>